walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you are listening to you okay hon a weekly advice podcast i am your host level 110 warlock and keen erotic role player dave and i'm mona lisa which debbie salt super fan oh, i love debbie salt and if you don't know who debbie salt is then what the fuck are you doing with your life right i know get on board guys and we're going to combine our years of experience listening to people complain and our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will do the emotional labour, provide the realness and guide us to a workable solution, or at least that's how it's supposed to work. Hi! <laughs> Hi. Did you explain that I don't actually know the problems before? Yes. Did you? I think so. Is it in the description? I, I don't mean, know. I've read it out <laughs> twice now and I've never actually read it. Anyway, I think that's important. Like, it's a surprise for me. Yeah, because the thing is, I need a, like, a lot of preparation in order to give people advice. <laughs> but you just kind of shoot from the hip like a maverick. Yeah, I don't even remember what I've said once I've said it. Yeah. I think before we start, I do want to say thank you to the people that have listened to our first episode. Mm. Um I think, like, when we thought we were going to do this, it was like, yeah, this will be a cool idea. Maybe it can, like, you know, roll along really gently and gather people. But I didn't I didn't think we'd get more than 10 people listening to it the first time we published an episode. Yeah, same here. And I think we're up to, like, 100 listens now. So thank you so much to anyone that listened. And uh, going, we're going to do this, this uh, episode the same kind of way we did the last one. We've got a celebrity problem. And a couple of other problems. Uh, we do want to speak to real people though, and deal with real people's problems. Now, yeah, we. T- I was good. I, I put. We made an email address. We have an email address. If you want to email us your problem, uh, we will change your name if you want. We have a Twitter. If you could fit your your problem into 140 characters, but also I have set up a curious cat, so you can actually send us problems completely anonymously. So if you have some real weird depraved sexual shit, you can actually send or that to us. Or just other, not necessarily. Yeah, or, you know, you just, maybe you know us and, you know... Just if you want to stay anonymous. But yeah. if you do email us, stay in the email whether you want to be kept anonymous or not. Yes. Um, it's, just, it's, it's not, like, it's, it goes without saying that we're not going to tell anyone any shit. Or it, but we do really want real problems. And we will be a little bit nicer than we are to, like, Donald Trump, for example. Well, no, look, here's the thing. It's... It's that balanced perspective. So sometimes people need to just be told they're an asshole and sometimes we will read the shit out of someone for a problem. But I would really like to actually have real problems that are really affecting people and that, you know, are even emotional or difficult or stressful. Speaking of stressful, look who's joined us. The cat that has been conspicuous by his absence for the last six hours. Literally, as soon as he sees that microphone, it's fucking meowing time. He'll go for a shit soon, guaranteed. He will go for a shit. He wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, so, like, if you want to send us a problems, you can get us on youokhunpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at youokhunpodcast. 
or you can go to curiouscat.me slash uokhunt and I'll put all of these links in the show description and I would actually really appreciate if anyone did have a problem, big or small, they could fire it into us and we could start talk, touching it, touching real people, reaching out and touching them. Touching them. Touching, touching right them. touching right up on them. Touching them. More on that later. And, you know, I would, like, problems can vary from, like, normal, like, relationship problems to, like, the most fucked up, Weird ass problems in the world. My mum joined a cult. I mean, I would love if people were sending in those problems, but you know, again, relationship things and stuff are, are good too. Sexual, spiritual, you know, in terms of your professional, anything like that, just fire it along to us and we will provide all the support we'll you could ever need. Provide. Or we'll your money back. Everything is free. But yeah, we'll give you your money back. Free. So I felt like um, our intro last week was us talking about being nervous and like why we were doing it, but we can't do that every week. So rather than just firing straight into like one of the big heavy problems, I thought we could do a little section just called You Okay? <laughs> and these people aren't huns. You're a hun if you get the full letter. They're just people or things that have happened during the week. We're going to cast our uh, satirical eye over what's happened during the week, I guess, or just moan about stuff. So first things first. Bella Hadid, are you okay? You know what? I'm cool with it, and I don't mind dirty sneakers, but you better they better be fresh, okay. you know? If Homeboy is coming through with these, right. it's quiet. Yeah, no, right. it's quiet for him. But, <laughs> like, if he comes through in, like, these, yeah. Homeboy's gonna, like, get it. Everyone saw that video of Bella Hadid, um, as I saw on Twitter, speaking like a cop. Who knew she's at her voice even... I mean, not that I can insult anyone's voice when I listen to the podcast. I was like, cool. I have, like, the husky baritones of the most Scottish man alive. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I would probably rather literally be, like, a woman that sounded like the the hound from Game of Thrones with a Scottish accent than be Bella Hadid. Because, seriously, if homeboy's going to come through with these, homeboy's I mean- going to, like... Yeah. That's not even half as annoying. I uh, yeah, as I know. I can't like, bring myself can't, to do it. Yeah, that pure douchey. It, it's almost like the kind of new Valley girl from the 90s, but the Valley girl from the 90s was like really iconic. Yeah. Whereas, she, yeah. But at least like the Valley girl from the 90s was like a product of their environment. They're like, hey. Well, they are too. No, cause, because if they were a product of their environment, they wouldn't be saying things like homeboy, would she? Yeah, no, what are you talking about? All them, they all think that. The Kardashians, the Harids, they all think they're fucking ghetto as fuck. Cultural appropriation. <laughs> Sorry. Can I be honest, right? See Bella Hadid. Mm. I thought that she was Gigi Hadid's mum. No, Gigi is, is the, oh, what's the mum called? Oh, shit, I can't remember her the name. The mum's famous as well? Yeah, she's got Lyme disease. That's pretty much <laughs> oh, shit. It's pretty, I think Bella has it too. Oh, like if you get Lyme disease when, you've got, when you're much... pregnant, does that make your kids talk like idiots? No, that that isn't what happened. I don't, yeah. I don't, I just think a lot about Bella Hadid's old nose and that's what I think about. I, I like, it's not that like I think she necessarily looks like, I think she looks like, a 40-year-old woman that looks amazingly young for her age. Like, holy shit, how does she do it? Like, what's she using on her skin? No, she's, she is beautiful, though. She looks like yeah. a cat. Is it, she looks a bit weird, because you know she's actually a natural blonde. Not really? Sometimes I think that the, the that might be why she looks a bit... She's got kind of unusual look. 
We see. But she's also very plain. She looks a lot to me like a Ned from like nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. You know, she loves that really tight, like pure Croydon facelift and like ah, a hair pulled back really yeah, tight. Right, got you. And she's I mean, actually kind of plain, but kind of looks like a cat. I'd never time. really like seen anything of her or heard anything. I'd never heard her talk that before. That's what everyone was like. Shit, that's how, that's how she talks. Yeah, like a cop or an alien. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kids. I uh, see you're shopping for sneakers. No, she's like... Yeah, I like, like dope kicks also. No, yeah, she's like a like a, a dog on a skateboard with like a backboard, backboard baseball cap. Do you know where I can get some weed cigarettes? <laughs> no. I got a real craving like for that some marijuana. Like that Steve Buscemi is like pretending to be in high school. Yeah, totally. Hello, fellow children. <laughs> totally. Ah, yeah. Bella Hadid is everything okay. Um, the other thing, uh, the other person this week, Rick and Morty fans, are you okay? I want Szechuan sauce. Where's my Szechuan sauce? I'm Pickle Rick! Whoop it up and dump dump! I'm Pickle Rick! Oh, I don't even understand Rick and Morty. Right, here's here's the deal with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna chair the discussion on this one, right? Because you don't watch Rick and Morty. I tried to watch it. It's you, not like it's I hate it, it's just I'm just not interested. You you don't you're not really exposed to the, the worst the very worst of the Rick and Morty fandom. No. Now he, look, here's the situation. I watch Rick and Morty. I think it's pretty funny. It's good. I like it. I like watching it and having a little. Of course, laugh. you like it because everyone likes it because the the popular programs are like the popular programs. No, but that like, everyone it has, likes to watch. It has like the most of all the fandoms. I'm talking about people that just watch Rick and Morty. Cause I do uh. that. I know lots of people that watch Rick and Morty. I wouldn't call them like fans, mm. but it has got like the most narcissistic toxic and arrogant fan base in the world. I mean, that's definitely not true. What a, what a huge statement you're making. Oh, well, no, seriously, worse than the Bleebers or the Taylor Swift fans. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Or the people K-pop that, fans. Yeah, people that like... See, here's the thing, right? When I was a kid, right, geeks got beaten up. Or maybe it's nerds. I, I never know whether they like to be called geeks or nerds. And the fact mm. that they make that distinction is why they get beat up in the first place, by the I way. I think geek is like a term of a proud... You wear that like a badge of honour, nerd is like an insult. When I was a kid, those people got beat up. I know that because I was one of them, right? Uh. Now, now, it's this weird cultural shift. It's like, Rick and Morty is like the who the Big Bang Theory wants to be for. Right. That's okay. who it's for. Okay. Like, it's the smart nerds. It's this, this weird paradigm where if you're a smart and an asshole, then you're better than everyone else. So right. you get you okay, get to okay. be proud of being smart. But the problem is, as evidenced by the little fucking cretins jumping up and down on a McDonald's counter in a fucking scientist cosplay, they're not fucking smart. There is no Brechtian subtext to Rick and Morty. It is not great <laughs> philosophy. Right. Like it's a funny show that might be a little bit a higher intellectual standard than Family Guy, but probably less say than like, I don't know, the news. <laughs> you know it's not fucking big and it's not clever and here's the fucking kicker with this stupid Szechuan sauce thing as well because that's what it was all about yeah no I right so it's in the show it was in Rick and Morty the show as a joke right this whole big long convoluted episode happened mm. and at the end it was like yeah I've done all these terrible things and put people through this and set this massive complex plot up because I really want this old sauce they used to have in McDonald's. Ha 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 That's the joke. The joke is nothing. The, the guy's that much of an asshole that he'll do all this yeah, for nothing. Yeah, I understand. Right? Now, 
Why would you want that then? It's not. It's not even tied to the show. It's an unofficial cash in by McDonald's. Look, what you have grant. to understand is all people, no matter how smart they think they are, mm-hmm. have this extreme desire to like belong, to like form these little clubs or tribes, and that tribal nature can get fucking crazy. And they just do, and it becomes, it's like a little forest fire, you know, like it just starts with this little spark and someone says it and then all of a sudden it becomes like this pure huge monster of people just wanting stuff that they don't even actually care about. It was a cash-in on Mulan back in the 90s. Remember Mulan, the film? The film that condensed thousands of years of Chinese history and this really kind of patronising short well, take I mean, on it. Yeah, I mean, it's hardly like Disney's and known for historical accuracy. Accuracy. Yeah. So basically, right, and, and Szechuan sauce isn't actually a thing. Like, Szechuan's a region of China. It's a province or whatever. Right. And every province in China has, like, a completely... And you know how important food is to native cultures as well? Completely. And how, how much it is, like, cultural history. Like, yep. we don't appreciate that so much in the UK because, you know, we don't really have much... Our of, food is garbage. That's... No, yeah, our, okay, A, our food's terrible because we can't cook it very well. But B, we stole the majority of our diet from the rest of the world. Well, that's this is it, completely. Like, you know, people eat... You think about typical British food. Well, you think about, like, you know, jelly deals or whatever in London. And that was because, you know, they were fishing in the river because that was the only place you can get food when you were in poor Victoria London. So you got eels out of the Thames and you ate that. Anyway, what I was saying was, it's a cash grab from McDonald's. It's not even officially tied to Rick and Morty. Szechuan sauce isn't really actually a thing. It's a kind of weird bastardization of another culture, which if you were as smart as you pretended you you, you were, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't actually be interested in. And see, it's not going to be good. It's fucking McDonald's. This is just little boys wanting, like, dinosaur toys or like little girls buying all of you know something that One Direction wears or something basically it's just yeah. the same thing it's a fandom thing yeah it's just like an, it's it's really just screaming pathetic. at fucking minimum wage workers because you didn't get your I know sell right? them on eBay for like a thousand pounds I mean who's buying that though I mean fuck it respect no the hustle one. though if you can get a thousand pounds for that then presumably no one and, no. Okay, well, let's, let's move away from Rick and Morty before I literally have an aneurysm thinking about it. I just, I'm like... Okay, and, and just, again, I, I like the show. Want, no, I just don't even care about any of it. I like the show, but, you know, grow up. And finally, uh, and this one's actually kind of serious, Terry Crews, are you okay? What's that smell? That's lavender. Terry loves lavender. Oh, Terry. Terry Crews. For anyone that didn't see it, Terry Crews uh, tweeted out, um, a long Twitter thread about how he was like sexually assaulted last year by a Hollywood executive at some kind of industry party, and you know the, I think it's it's so Terry Crews has been on like this journey of wokeness. Mm. Like he wrote that book kind of you know from the perspective of like a father and a husband, which is kind of shitty because it's like do you, you know does a woman need to be like married to you or born of you in order to be considered human? But it was aimed at other guys to try to be like, hey, we are men, let's talk about you mm. know, uh, the shit that we do. And, you know, I think for, for a guy like that to to step into the limelight and for a big, big, strong farm boy like Terry Crews, like a big monster of a man, to, like, to talk publicly about how vulnerable and powerless that made him. Yeah, he talked about a lot of things, you know, even like the issue of like, race and like stereotype upon himself and like he felt like he couldn't like you know kick the shit out of this guy which he physically clearly could oh absolutely you know because of the perception everyone would have of him Mm -hmm. doing that and yeah oh 
I yeah, I think it's amazing that he's came out and talked about it. So important for people like people like him to use their platform for good in that way. And of course, it's a shame that it has to be in that. You know, I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, he's a man and that doesn't really happen. But you know, it is important for a man to come out and say something like that, and especially a man that looks like that. Yeah. And no, it shouldn't matter more or whatever. Mm. It's just that. It, let's face it, it dispels a lot of the myths around these subjects. Definitely, like, yeah. You know, women are weaker and, and or any, or, you know, any of that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's nothing to do with strength and it completely everything to do with power. And that actually gets us on to like our main, or our main first letter for the week. Yay! So this is, uh, right, just give you a one in advance. This is going to be, this is the, his words, not mine. Okay. okay. His words, not ours, you know. Not yours. <clears throat> Not mine, no, definitely not. No, this is this is contributed. Yeah, but well, that's yeah, but you know, I'm just saying that we we make this podcast and we are going to read this letter out on this podcast, so we'll be associated with what this person says. All right, good. Taking me down with you, are you? His words, not ours. (laughs) This is from Harvey from Los Angeles, currently residing in a very expensive and undisclosed location in the Austrian Alps. Got it. Hi, Mona Lisa and Dave. When they told me. Bitches be crazy. I thought it was an exaggeration. But here I am, victim of perhaps one of the biggest and most one-sided witch hunts in human history, simply for fulfilling my biological imperative. Oh God. I am a very famous and influential figure in Hollywood. I founded one of the biggest film companies in the world. I've won several Tonys and even an Oscar. I am a regular campaign contributor to the Democratic Party, but it just goes to show you that no amount of sway in this town can defend you from the one thing which every man fears the most, allegations of sexual misconduct. After many years of dedicated service to culture and the arts, what thanks do I get? Well, 13 victims and counting have come out of the woodwork, strange they would wait so long, and accused me of a variety of sexual crimes, from harassment to rape during a three-decade reign of terror over women in Hollywood. I am the first to admit that I am a little old-fashioned, I've even apologised if they got offended at my advances, but I need to make it absolutely clear that in every single circumstance, I was not at fault. Here are some of the reasons. Men are just naturally more horny. She didn't say no. She was happy to do it at the time to further her career. It's just locker room banter. She should be flattered. Everyone knows she's a slut. She's just after my money. The list goes on. Although I regard every woman who has come forth so far as a vile succubus and temptress, I'm also thankful for them doing so and causing me to reflect on my actions. Through a journey of self-discovery over the last few days, I've realised that I'm suffering from a very difficult and traumatic affliction. I am a sex addict. Yes, that's hard for me to admit, but if anything, I'm the victim here. Do they understand how difficult it's been for me to control my urges over the years? I have said sorry for them getting offended, and I've checked myself into a rehabilitation centre that is coincidentally located outside the jurisdiction of US law enforcement so that I can begin the healing process. I've been a great advocate and donor for many charities over the years, including my activist work defending the completely innocent and good filmmaker Roman Polanski. Did he even commit a crime? Why can't people see that I've done nothing wrong and support me on my journey to self-improvement? Yeah, 
<laughs> so, Harvey... can't believe Harvey Weinstein wrote into us. So, Harvey... There's no point in just calling him Harvey if you're going to use his full name. Yeah, but I just extrapolated from the information who but, it was. So, Harvey, my response to you would be to fucking kill yourself. Okay, on to the next problem. Next. <laughs> right. But this, so, this is like a really natural follow-on from like the the conversation with Terry Crews and power dynamics and, and sexual relationships and things like that, right? right? I mean, so, I mean... Obviously, the problem with this is, I mean, this is just like a spectacular example of this, but I mean, so much of this is just exactly what the the dynamic, unfortunately, is between men and women. You know, that complete power imbalance. And, oh, he's such a fucking disgusting creep as well. Like, that fucking potato face. Like, fucking, ugh, gross. But, because oh, there's so many points in that letter that I just it makes me want to die and I just want to curl up in a ball and not deal with it it's just horrifying because that's the thing it's that attitude isn't it it's that attitude that women somehow want it are there for men's pleasure for all of these things and it's even the sex addict part of it right and of course sex addiction is completely a thing mm-hmm. right Absolutely. and even if he was a sex addict Claiming that you have a disease or an addiction, you know, which a, a you know sex addiction is a disease. Claiming that does not justify your actions. Whatever, whatever that 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 you are suffering from, someone else should not be punished for your, you know, for your situation, and oh, the whole situation is so so horrifying. Like reading the actual. Oh, the actual descriptions, like the Ronan Farrow article and some of the other journalists that broke the stories, it's so horrifying what have happened to these women. But again, unfortunately, it's like this is a high-profile example of just what has and continues to happen for women through all time. And part of me just wants to tell him to kill himself and just like... But, I guess, Harvey was the one that wrote us the problem. So we've got to answer Harvey, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, right, it goes without saying that men that do this are disgusting. They should have their dicks cut off and, like, fed to them and they are disgusting pieces of shit that I would happily be completely fine if they just topped themselves. Goes without saying, right? But, here's the tea with that. That does not solve any problems. Well, I think we like we ourselves as a as a, a couple of people that like really like ruminate over lots of problems all the mm. time. Often find ourselves talking about um, when something happens, there is a reason for it, mm. and there may be an excuse. Mm-hmm. But these are not the same thing. Yeah, like these he are not has mutually, no excuse. These are, yeah, these are these are these are mutually exclusive things. Like the reason that he did that. Um, and I'm speaking from a kind of uh, a cishet shitlord perspective mm. over here because, you know, I'm a guy. Um, I was raised in the same culture as maybe not Harvey Weinstein, a little bit before my time, but a lot of men my age. And a lot of men my age do have this sense of kind of entitlement 
towards and dehumanization of women. I mean, you don't, but yeah, you yeah, don't understand that perception. But it's something but, that I can still well, understand. I guess the problem is, though, here, and what we're hearing about with the, and it, this is what it completely should be, is it's, you know, it's obviously we're hearing the victim stories, which we really need to hear. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, saying his actions are disgusting and all that, right? And all of that needs to be said, and he needs to be held accountable for his actions. But at the same time, this is a pattern that is repeating over and over again throughout the entire history of time. So we do need to look at what is it about this situation that, you know, mm-hmm. causes these things to keep happening. And we do need to actually look at the idea of how men view women. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's quite hard to actually kind of address and talk about. And through this podcast, you'll kind of hopefully see, especially the way I talk about things, it's it can be hard because sometimes people can be very triggered by things. Um, and a lot of the way I see it is in a very big picture thinking situation. Like, I hope I've made my point very clear that the emphasis here and the importance should be on the victims, on their suffering, on him being punished and everything like that. But ultimately, that's just like you know, that's treating a symptom. We're not establishing what the cause is and trying to fix that. So when I'm talking about big picture, I'm talking about trying to trying to find out what is the cause here and what can we do to fix that. Like you were talking about how you probably kind of grew up or people around, men in general, straight, generally, not always white, but, you know, Western men, because that's kind of what we know, because, yeah. you know, that's what you are. Totally. Um how they're how they're kind of how they learn how to interact with women, how mm-hmm. they view women. And obviously, you know, you have a lot of insight into that and I think it'd be kind of interesting. The way I see it is growing up as as a guy in the West and, and you know, traditionally in every culture, it doesn't actually need to be Western. No. Because like sort of patriarchal hegemony is such a a prevalent thing through almost every culture in the world, bar a few like really weird exceptions, which mm-hmm. are so kind of small and in such a small percentage of overall culture, it's not even worth mentioning them of in this situation. I think. Yeah. So the, the vast, vast majority of culture through the the vast, vast majority of history has been um, pe- hegemonic patriarchy, and that's manifests itself as a kid in I think just the world around you, the way that adults speak the way that television and magazine and books and toys speak to you. And I think, like, over the last few decades, we've made some really substantial moves forward towards equality as a culture. Mm. We're, we're absolutely nowhere near where we need to be. Um, no one is. But I think, like, countries, not not just the UK, not just the US, but countries across the world have certain things in place, like um, Swedish rape laws, for example, um, have a much broader definition of, of what rape is and what can be considered rape. So that's you know that's one reason that um, that they have a higher statistical amount of rapes in that country because when they changed the laws, this umbrella opened up to allow women to have this freedom to come forward about accusers and mm. things like that. And you know the, these incremental changes across different countries have been underway, but there is also a lot of pushing back on it just now. Um, there's a lot of pushing back on it from men who feel like, it's like I mentioned last week, if you are in a position of privilege, equality can feel like you're being oppressed. Mm. And so much of the problem is that it's almost an unconscious 
thing for a man to behave, quote unquote, in air quotes, masculine like a man, like this this notion of the male gender is. You feel that entitlement at such a subconscious level, such an unconscious rather, you don't realise that it exists, you just write it off as being biological or cultural. It's just that's just how men are and that's how women are. And I think yeah. that's like a such a huge fundamental problem with the whole situation is that well, getting people to reflect genuinely, truly and deeply on I mean I, I'm like I we said earlier on, like I'm maybe I'm not like that, but I still I still make mistakes. I make microaggressions. I think things and I catch myself doing it and think, what the fuck are you doing? Like that's that's so like ignorant to be doing that. And it's 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 a really then I long, think, though, difficult process. But then I think though, if anyone knew you, to hear you even saying that would be so shocked. I don't know. No, because you are someone who like is really well versed about feminism, about women's issues, mm. about to like how we how we raise boys and girls, you know? Men boys are raised to be one way and girls are raised to be another. And I know a lot of that is changing now and we're far more you know, this is stuff that we talk about a lot more like now. Like gender neutral toys and clothing and things like that. It's such a different change to what has ever been before. Completely. And, you know, when you're a little, you know, when you're a little girl, you're taught to be polite and be responsible and, you know, be pretty and be all these things. And when you're a boy, you're taught to be strong and aggressive. And even the way we write things, behaviour off, you know. If a girl's bad, she's been bad. But if a boy is bad then, oh, boys will be boys. You know, we justify this behaviour and it's like, what kind of human being do you think... And this isn't like anti-men. I'm not saying I hate all men, but like, what kind of human being do you expect is going to grow up when they just do not have the same amount of consequences to their actions? Absolutely not. No, absolutely. They're not held to even close to the same standard in so many regards. Completely. And there are, you know, there is flip side to that. There's things like, um, like going back to Terry Crews, strength... Well, even Bravery, little things like not talking about mental health issues, things like that. Of you know? course, yeah. But even talking about <clears throat> little things like exploring sexuality, hmm. like you know, like there's this kind of common thing that like boys at a certain age will like lock themselves in the bathroom because doing what all little boys do, eventually Jack when they it. become they become they're becoming teenagers, it's like this kind of like oh, that's just what happens. There's none of that for girls. Yeah, there's there's not a kind of female equivalent of like finding a crusty sock in the fucking bed covers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, there's none of that. There's none of that because for to women, even still at my age, which is 26. 26. Is that passable? 26? Is oh, that 100% believable? with that skin, bitch, yes. Yeah. Okay, 26 slash maybe 28, maybe not either of those. But yeah, even in my generation, there wasn't this acceptance or discussion of female sexuality, anything to do with that. And so again, what does that teach people? It teaches these it teaches these kids to grow up to be adults, for women to almost be quite repressed of their sexuality or be ashamed of it or whatever. And teaches men that they can completely indulge in any sexual deviance or or any sexual activity they deem because it's all like the world really rules revolves around them from a very very young age. Definitely. And oh, again, what do you expect that's going to create in an adult that 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 makes? You know, it's like men generally, and this is the problem with Harvey because this is the thing. Yeah, he is a piece of shit and he's a monster, right? But how many monsters do we need to have before we start thinking? Wait, 
Who's creating these totally. monsters? Because this is this is the problem that I have here. What happens is if the fucking cycle continues, right? Someone is like publicly revealed to be a monster, a beast, whatever, yeah. right? And it's happening with Harvey Weinstein. Now, you know, as soon as it happens, as soon as there's enough evidence that people can't just be like, oh, well, she's just crazy. As soon as there's enough evidence there, the guys start to come out the woodwork and say, oh, I can't believe it. That's terrible. I, I didn't know anything about that. And oh, it's really terrible that someone would behave like that. Ben Affleck. Don't even talk to me about it. Well, he's you heard now the new thing. You know how Rose McGowan, who is banned like off, icon yeah. of my life, she's now been banned off Twitter. So this is the thing, right? She's she said fuck off Ben Affleck. Meanwhile, Nazis and stuff can just be Yeah, on Nazis Twitter. on Twitter are fine. Telling Ben Affleck to fuck off for being a hypocrite, not fine. Now, the reason I bring that up is because also on top of, you know, him being told to fuck off by Rose McGowan, iconic, love it. The other thing is that there's now he's been questioned on an old video from, I think it was like Spring Break or something, like back in the late 90s, when he's groping some lady's breast on the TV. Well, and someone yeah. else has come out now and said, touch my butt at the Oscars. And he was also implicated in helping to cover up the Harvey Weinstein allegations and not talking about it publicly. But this is the thing. You'll hear, you'll see the crocodile tears and you'll hear him talk about it. That's terrible. And men are all the same. Mm-hmm. They hear about fucking a rape. Oh, that's disgusting. What a beast, what a beast. How many men? Do you think are kicking about just now that do not know they have raped someone? I mean, this is a. I mean, that actually leads into a whole problem, and this is no way a justification for their fucking disgusting actions. But so many men just <clears throat> don't even like. This is what it is. It's so ingrained that a woman or a woman's body or whatever is like a possession for them to take that they don't even understand a lot of the time what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. Like genuinely, and you know what? That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. So many of them think, and you do. You're right. You're right. They write it off as like banter, or like, oh well, they could have said no. I'm sure, or you know, all these different things. But part of it, and it's not goes back to not just on a sexual level, but so much of it goes back to how quickly a man will physically intimidate a woman without even considering that that's inappropriate because again you you know what I mean it's that thing where there's that really funny article and I think it was on Medium someone was writing about all men should consider before they sexually harass a woman they should they should picture her as the rock as Dwayne Johnson you know would they basically do that that's the thing it's like so many men don't realise that that's the straight up position that they will take you know and whether it's physically intimidating someone or whether it's sexually intimidating someone or sexually harassing someone, it's always the same. It's just that instinct, that like, it's it's, it's such a weird animalistic thing. It's like they, they instantly feel like they have to be the dominant. Well, I think that's like, going back a little bit to what I was saying earlier, you know, about myself, like I, I still sometimes have impulses to behave in a certain way, um, particularly when your ego's hurt, you know, when your when your pride is kind of pricked. Mm. It's it's you, so quickly it will you defer to this aggression because you know that could shut the situation right, down. Right, but right that look, could put you in a position of I'm power. a man, right? I'm not a man obviously, but like if I was I a man, you. right? I'm like, you know, top of the food chain, like check me out, white man. If I was a man I'd be white because I'm white now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like top of the fucking food chain why is my ego so fragile well a big part of it I think is what we're talking about in the negative aspects of being being a boy in that you know you don't 
there's there's a lot of I'm not asking for sympathy here. Like okay. I, I, I feel like you know because part is, of me was going to be like, ugh. This is a sli- like this is a tricky tricky subject, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm just I'm just shooting from the hip here about like the truth is as I see it. Now I I don't I'm not. I don't want to step in any toes. I'm certainly not looking for sympathy because I know that I have so much inherent privilege based on who I am. Uh, however, it is what it is. And the, the pressure, like, because everyone feels pressure, women more so than men, but the pressure that men do feel is to adhere to the masculine standard. Um, it is to be strong. It is to be capable. It is to be powerful. It is to never let any people question you or bully you or hold you down, all that shit. And it's to certainly never show your weakness. It's to certainly never, you know, say, I'm not I'm not managing with this or this scares me. And these things are just absolutely can't be touched on at all. But what's so pathetic about that is, like, men actually are in the top of the food chain, right? Of yeah. power, right? Yeah. But they're not even really because in their own heads. Like, see if you're actually at the top of the food chain, like, you know, legit, you are the top. You wouldn't question it so much. Yeah, absolutely. But is that, so fear, like it's that fear of not being it? It's that fear of... Like, you see it in the men's rights activist circles. It's that fear of becoming the beta male. Oh, right. No one wants to be the beta male. Everyone wants to be the alpha. Yeah, but not everyone is the alpha. No, of course not. You There's can't, one alpha. Like, yeah, completely. And it's Donald Trump. Good God. It's just that. It's that. It's it's such a, a such a fucking insane th- situation that men just believe that. It's not. It's it's so unconscious, though. And Is it unconscious? Where, that's so that's the, why I guess we need to find out yeah, where that actually stems from. I think that's where like the politics of power come into it, because men can be as woke as you want. They can be the greatest ally on the planet. But there's all that for me. I think you prick that ego, you push hard enough. The vast majority of them are going to break oh, very yeah, quickly and, and defer and defer to like I am strong and you and like it's so easy. Like if you behave something in a way that is perceived as being like a stereotypical woman, if you nag, if you henpeck or whatever, you know. And again, I'm saying these words like with air quotes on them, but you can't see that because we're on a podcast. <laughs> Um, if you behave like that, you can un- you can very easily create like a pure nineteen fifties housewife gen- oh, general dynamic it's so funny in that situation. Because I like to, I mean, I would consider myself the type of woman that's kind of like toxic to many men. You are literally evils. like you you are like like kryptonite completely, to and it's like activists. you know, and it's like the the reason for that is I stupidly, you know, I never back down. I will never back down. And it's got me in some really hairy situations. Yeah. And that's what's always so interesting to me. And it happened really recently. Mm. And, you know, there's many iconic versions, one of which an old man headbutted me in the face, you know. But that's the situation. It's, you can be around a man as a woman... And he could be the most loving father to daughters, the most loving husband, think he is respect for women, all of that. And again, this goes out, it's not every, I'm, I'm not saying, I, I don't know every single man on the planet, so I can't say that. But you can, you know, you can have all these things, but you push him far enough to what he deems an insult to him or something, watch how quickly that mask slips. Absolutely. And he becomes that th- dominant monster. 
And it's so funny because you know it. And all women, every single woman listening to this will know the sign. And it's the, the first thing that they'll do is they'll look really uh, angry. And then they'll very, very quickly intimidate you physically. So whether that's standing closer to you, using their height as an advantage, perhaps they'll even try and grab you or touch you. And again, like I said, so many times that's happened to me. And and it's not like I'm this really inappropriate person. Maybe I am. But it's I've never done anything to like provoke these. I mean, not that I should be justifying. I don't think anything should, you know, to provoke there's, them. There's nothing that's going to... You know, like, justify I mean, to, to explain, the old man that headbutted me, I was having a conversation with my friends outside a pub, and I swore. Within my conversation, I'm Scottish, I swear, we, like, it's yeah, peppered through my entire language. Yeah, conversational is what we do, right? And he deemed that someone, that, oh, a young, young, a pre, his exact words were, oh, a, a young pretty girl like you shouldn't be swearing. And because I didn't just accept that as, oh, you know, thanks, sir, for letting me know, because I was like, what the fuck are you to say that to me? Like, get the fuck away from me. Which I was completely justified to do so. Because I, that was my response and I refused to back down, he headbutted me and then ran onto a bus. I know, right? Big, real a, big man. Real it's big kind man. of a funny story now. That's a disgusting story. That's a disgusting thing to happen to someone. And I'm just... A part of me is glad that it happened to me and it didn't happen to... Someone could have been really traumatised by that. Mm-hmm. And that's a disgusting thing to have for for all, what all because he could, and that's what it's about with men. This is what men need to learn as little boys. Mm. They just can't do what they want all the time. Well, I think you know, going back to the 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 Harvey in Austria situation, mm. like one of the the big thing for me in this situation is that it's about a, a different type of power. It's about a different power dynamic, and that's the the power of privilege rather than the power maybe maybe so much in terms of physical. Yeah, and I so, think so much of his reasons of what he did were mm-hmm. because he was a man. Yeah, but yeah, his power and influence and money yeah. enabled that. Yeah, I think that this is the problem as well, and and it's it going back to what I was saying earlier on before. You know, um, I don't think a lot of men realise that rape is not just like a guy in a balaclava in the park waiting in the bushes to pounce on someone with a knife. The majority of rape happens between acquaintances. The majority of rape goes unreported. And sometimes, you like, you know, it'll just be implied. Everyone's seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We've seen that we're on a boat ah. because of the, you know, the, the Dennis, because of the implication. <laughs> and that is a joke from, like, you know, a TV show. But in reality, like, implication is so much of it. I see it all the time. Women saying, like... I, there was no, like, threat. There was no threat of violence. There was no verbal threat. There was no even implied threat. But they felt so uncomfortable and so afraid to say, I am not up for this. They just go through with it. And in my mind, if you're having sex with someone and you're not having that consent discussion, if you're not incredibly certain that this is something that both parties want, that is rape. And that's, I think, speculating here with Harvey Weinstein, like, that's probably a lot of the situation. He's using he his power and influence to to justify it to himself and to say, "Well, you know, let's let's just uh, look at all these all these attractive, rich, famous women must want to have sex with me." A fucking human scrotum that looks like it's been inflated and burst over and over again. 
Right, that's they must want to have sex with me Ugh. because they're attracted to the power. Oh, when he's coming out the room, that's like his game when he comes out the room in his pure bath bathrobe. Like all of a sudden, he legal gets up dressed, yeah. goes in the bathroom, comes out pure naked in the bathroom, and he like whaps out his gross looking never, little dick. Never just starts wanking one off. How do you? How does someone genuinely think that this is an appropriate action? It never takes? occurs to him that maybe they're intimidated by the fact that he has control over their career. But guess, maybe they've heard the stories about it. But I guess that's the thing, though. I think men find it so hard to see from a woman's perspective of how a woman sees the world. Mm -hmm. Because as a woman, you're taught, because let's face it, you know, you're taught by like your, your, whether it's your school or your friends or your mother or whoever, you're taught how to keep yourself safe. So women know, for example, like when I had that argument with that old man Mm -hmm. and he headbutted me, Mm -hmm. there was many times through that conversation where I kept thinking, should I, should I have, should I stop? Should I back down? It's just the moment, yeah. I, because I genuinely knew, like, something could happen here, something could happen. It's that constant thing where you're like, and you yep. have that inner dialogue. And then even after it, part of me felt so embarrassed and, like, ashamed by the situation that I felt like, am I at fault here? Like, is this my fault? And then I have that, again, that inner dialogue where I think, no, fuck that. Like, why should I stand for that? But then I think, well, you just got headbutted in the face. So maybe it would have been better if I backed down or maybe yeah. I shouldn't have... But ultimately, it's like, I think men don't understand that women have to have that dialogue. No, they don't. Every woman knows that when you're walking down the street at night, mm-hmm. put your keys between your fingers, you know? Yeah. Like, every woman knows that, you know, a situation with a man could turn to nice situation to he is kicking the shit out of you, or he is fucking headbutting you, or he is or raping you, or strangling you, or whatever. And that's not... That's not just in films or in TV programmes. That's not just myth. That's your exist- that's life. That's your reality. Life. And okay, I'm not saying that's, you know, that's not happened to everyone. But let's face it, no one ever thinks that's going to happen to them until no. it does. Exactly. And women constantly have that. Yeah. So in reality, for how women react in these situations, that survival instinct, that kind of fight or flight situation, mm. that coping mechanism to survive in that situation, I guess men need to be aware of actually what these signs are and like what's what you happening. could be. I think, like, you know, again, I'm not like playing devil's advocate here. As we've said, stated before, the official line of this podcast is men are trash. But I think a lot of men, if they knew, if they could genuinely walk a mile in a woman's shoes and understand the feelings and like the inherent distrust and fear and anxiety that they can cause a woman by doing certain things, they probably would think twice about I it. I mean, I would love to think that, but... Or they might just abuse it for their own ends. Who's, who's to know? But, okay, as a man, though, as someone who does not, would never act in that way, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think? How would you... If you could speak to so, men to tell them how I would to like, understand. I'd like to... to talk about that a little bit and try to kind of get this back because we've been talking about Harvey for a while and I feel like this is something we could do a full podcast about Mm. but we do have other clients waiting Mm. so I think like initially what you said was your advice to Harvey is kill yourself now I would say that given 
I talked a lot about the progress that's been made, and that has not been made on the, uh, by everyone. That has been made almost exclusively by women who are willing to put themselves in harm's way, like you did with that guy, to stand up for themselves and stand up for what they believe in. And we are still not fucking there yet. We're still not even close to being there yet. People do not understand. We're scratching the surface. It's like a fucking iceberg. Mm. So I think that your advice, Harvey, should be kill yourself. You don't. I don't feel like you should have to say anything more to that in this situation in terms of moving our society forward. Women have done more than enough already. Now, I would like to offer some advice to Harvey because I think one of the big takeaways from this is that not just the abusers, but other men need to do better. Other men need to be more present in this conversation and we need to question and call the shit out when and where we see it. I like because many men are like, well, I'm not like yeah. that, so... So my advice to Harvey is you are a rapist, you have put a lot of women, whether you intended to or not, it's irrelevant because it has happened. You made people feel a certain way, whether you meant to or not. It is not about you. It is not about your sex addiction. It is not about justifying what you did, why you did it, anything like that. It is about taking fucking responsibility, doing your penance. Other men, my advice is if you fucking see it, don't just let the little microaggressions, the snide remarks, the things that make you feel a little bit gross but you laugh off because you're with the boys, just don't do it anymore. If you don't want women or you're fucking you know again I'll, I'll put it in terms that men can understand because for some reason men only sometimes seem to think that women they know are human the rest don't matter yeah think about it your mum your gran your sister your cousin your niece your daughter your fucking friends the woman that served you in the shop the, anything like that like all women put yourself in their shoes just once and fucking think about what it feels like to be put in that position Think about consent. Think about aggression and what it means. If you're going up the road with someone, think about it like, is this a consensual act that I am about to propagate? Is this something that I can do better on? Can I just question myself? Is this person comfortable? And, it's and not just even, carry that through your fucking life. And it's not even just about that. I think perfect example with the Harvey situation is the way the world reacts to it. Because it's not just the men who are perpetrating these things. It's about why are we que- why do we question victims of abuse? Mm. Why do we why are we looking for the the lies? Why are we still talking about things like well, she was asking for it or she was wearing this clothes or she did this? Stop doing that. Stop supporting these abusers. Because actually, see by you turning a blind eye or you know. I, acting accusatory towards women to do doing any of these things that is you are supporting this rapist you are supporting you're an accomplice to that situation and you, you know what I mean every time any time yeah. you say to a woman on Twitter that she was asking for it any time you do anything of that nature you are an accomplice to that yeah so you might as well <clears throat> realize that that's the situation. Yeah. Be an ally, not to rapists, but to women. Totally. Totally. Good. All right. That got me fired up. That did get you fired up. I still think he should kill him. I think so. Well, I'm really glad that we have a couple slightly more lighthearted problems for the rest of the podcast, because that is now 52 minutes (coughs) of screaming. (laughs) 
Okay, we're going to move on to our next problem, uh, hopefully in a slightly more lighthearted nature. And, okay. you know, I think what we've done so far up to this point has been very much about men uh, and why they're shit. And uh, when I looked up this problem, I actually thought, oh, this is good. Maybe it'll seem a little bit balanced. I haven't thought about it again. It's kind of men, men are a little bit shit in this one as well, but I'll let you enjoy it. Okay, ready? Okay. I can't work out what he sees in her. I'm fit, sassy, and fabulous. She's old, saggy, and a mess. So you're a bitch. They used to work together, and she has a terrible reputation as a notorious slapper. Apparently, she used to sleep with anyone with a bit of money in their pocket, yet he's determined to spend the rest of his life in her arms. The other night, I stormed round to her house and spotted his car parked outside. I did no more than burst through the door only to find them at it. They were actually having full sex on the kitchen bench. Her wobbly, veiny legs were wrapped around his body and they were both yelling in ecstasy. I've never seen anything more disgusting in my life. I grabbed the nearest thing to hand, which happened to be a large jug of milk, and threw the whole lot over them. I mean, who has a jug of milk? I mean, people from this made-up story that someone sent into a tabloid. They they shrieked like teeny boppers, and I let rip. I told him he was an utter disgrace, and she was nothing more than a cradle snatcher. She threatened to call the police, justified, and I fled. Now he's saying we're over, and I have to keep away from him. Apparently, he's always fancied older women because of their life experiences and skills in bed, but I'm still madly in love with him, and can't stand being treated like a used hanky. We were together for a long time before he dumped me for her. Don't I deserve more than this? Why do I bother going to the gym, having beauty treatments and buying the very latest clothes when he's actually happier with Shrek in a dress? Friends are telling me he's not worth fighting over, but I'm not someone who likes to be beaten. How do I get him back from under her, hooked nose, in order to make him mine again? Wow, that was a little bit anti-Semitic at the end. Mm. The hooked was in brackets. Uh. Wow. So, fit, sassy and fabulous in fucking Scunthorpe. Right, I mean, I guess the the only problem is that, I mean, so, I'm, clearly she's a fucking bitch, She's an asshole, yes. But, we don't really know, so did, was he, were they actually together, so did he cheat on her with this other older lady? Yes, yeah, that's why why she threw the milk on them. Right, so that's, okay, so kind of, in a way, her massive bitchness, like, her massive cuntiness, how she described that lady, really just, she really kind of set herself up to be a huge asshole but actually she probably could have led him with this person cheated on me so she's kind of justified to yeah, be but, pissed off but here's the but, thing why is she even so much at the woman well I mean standard right but that's that, but, that's the real meat of this one isn't well, it I think oh, completely completely and it's like oh, it's so funny because oh it's so sad hearing her talk about it because here's the thing with this right Actually, men don't really care about that. No. And you know why? I love when women are like, oh, I don't know why I'm single. I don't know why I'm single. You know, that person's ugly and they're married. And I'm like, maybe it's because you're a fucking huge bitch. (laughs) Maybe. Like, see if you're going to talk about someone like that. Like, look at me. I'm so beautiful. Look at her. She's a fucking monster. Not lacking like, confidence, maybe that's, that's the mm-hmm. issue. Like, oh, why could he like her and not me? Uh, maybe she's just like, doesn't talk about people like that. Like, Jesus Christ. I wonder how old she was. 
She sounds like she's in her mid twenties now. No, I, no, I may, meant the older lady. Oh, the older lady. I'm, I'm, I'm going for like late sixties. No, I yeah, think I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping she's just like ah, you're hoping got herself a little young piece on the side, having the time of her life. Right, like she's just like she's the actual sassy one. Yeah, she, she's you know going for a new ex- exciting time in her life. Yeah. Getting a little young man on the side. He can keep up with her. They have lots of fun adventures together. Oh, I'm living for them. I'm really yeah. rooting for them, to be honest. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, like, maybe maybe his problem with the his ex-girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend, was that he wanted to like do stuff with her and have life experiences, but she just was like, just waiting on the latest clothes, because she's always got the latest clothes on, like future. I'm, I'm imagining, well, see, she's the latest clothes. I'm imagining, like, she's got, like, fucking an LED screen in her chest, like microchips in the arm, like some sort of futuristic clothes. The latest clothes. Um, like, they're not technology. You don't have to queue outside <laughs> Topshop because there's a new release coming out. So, I think the problem, I mean, obviously, this goes into, you know, how women, again, it's like what we were talking about before, how mm-hmm. women are taught to, women are taught. That if you're the prettiest and you have the best body, and you know you like have the nicest makeup or whatever, then you will win at life. And unfortunately, that life is not actually like that. Yeah, that is not always the case. And I think, oh, it's it's very sad. It's sad that she's been trained by the world to view another woman like that. And I, it's like, and I never get that. Yeah. Like, see if. If I was going to be cheated on, like, you know, if you were going to cheat on me, I would make sure that bitch knew to, like, never be seen in my presence because I will, like, cut a bitch. But that would be my end of dealing with her. She has no part in this. The person that's betrayed me would be you. <laughs> You're giving the game away a little bit there. Like, I'll stab her up, but I've got no problem with it. <laughs> well, no, I just meant if she, like, got in my got in my face or whatever. Even if she was like, yeah, I took your man. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, completely. Like, I'd be like, no. Like, ultimately, she's not the one that betrayed you. No. Like, that's what's sad about this story. Totally. She is attacking the looks of this lady. Yeah. You know... Who's, you know, who's, let's be honest, doing her out on the town, doing getting her, hot young getting men. Getting a hot guy. Yeah, Fuck she's yeah. like owning it. Got money in their pocket as well. She's getting that paper. Great. How do you know she's got money? No, I didn't see. She, 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 the woman said in the letter, they've got money. She, she'll sleep with anyone with money. Ah, right. Got so it. she's getting money. And the right, fact getting that she's paper. like slut shaming her. What's it she called her? A slapper. Right? Oh, women that do that to other women. Like, it's so sad. Like, you worry about you. You know what? I, and I hate that about women and I, and I wish it wasn't a, fa- a thing that women did yep. you worry about you why are you so worried about who that lady's fucking or what or What you know what veins she's got on her legs like you do you boo look at the end of the day she's got the veins in her legs she's she's getting fucking she's getting well, the pipe this is she's getting the pipe and you know that's the thing and I think as women obviously all women <clears throat> feel this insane pressure on how we look right and everyone does it and some you know many times I will think through my life I've been paranoid about how I've looked or I've been paranoid about my weight which you know it's shit I hate being fat but at the same time I've never not fucked anyone that I didn't want to fuck because I was fat or because I was what I thought was ugly it doesn't actually matter you're just that's your perception of the situation I wish we could just free women from that because it's not reality it's like a myth that women believe and certain women believe it much more than others love and relationships and sex and all of that actually have nothing to do with what you look like at all 
And to be honest, sometimes the better looking you are, the sadder and worse relationships you're you're in. Right. Um. You know, let's think about it. See all those couples that are married for forty years, fifty years, and have these insanely happy marriages. Yeah, it's not like they were all fucking lookers. It's got nothing to do with that. Ugh. And then calling her a slapper. I know, a notorious slapper. She sounds like an icon. Yeah, she sounds amazing. I imagine her like uh, Doreen from Birds of a Feather. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. But it's sad. It is sad. I mean, she kind of... It was kind of shitty for her to steal someone else's man. But then I also believe that men aren't ever really... Like, you're not some sort of wicked witch that's bewitching them, you know? If someone is in a relationship and they are going looking for something else or they're fucking someone else, the, 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 the issue stops with the people in the relationship. You know, you're just a visitor to that situation. Yeah. You you bear no responsibility. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not a hard job to keep. I'm them not together. saying morally, like yeah. you know, it's it's not a great thing to do, but you know, ultimately. And I have to say, I, I mean, I'm not entirely sure about the specifics in this letter, but it kind of seems like he dumped. Right, yeah, like he, they he, just split up. He dumped Fitzsassy and Fabulous, and he got with old Saggy and a mess. So um, then she's so. just crazy, like breaking into someone's house, throwing the jugs of milk at them. I know, now, right? do you think by jug she means like you know, like what we'd all buy, like milk in with a screw top, or does she mean like an old fashioned like pouring jug? I'm hoping there's like a brass pouring jug. You know, like I'm like, she, how like, much milk do you go head. through? I just imagine flies would get in that. Flies would get in Was there. it not in the fridge also? I don't know. She doesn't sound like she's particularly... Uh, maybe they were wanting to include it into their maybe. sex capades. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe she was going to get a fucking a big, <laughs> big, Gross. big milky blowjob. <laughs> oh, I just really want a milky blowjob, please. Ew, Gross. it's about to go off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, stop being such an asshole. Uh, leave that dumb old lady alone. Also, you're better off without him. Like, just get Yo, off your he life. is a piece of shit, obviously. Because yeah. he's just... You know, even if he just split up with her, even if they weren't together, if you're in a pretty long-term relationship and then, like, you know, like a week later you're fucking someone else, mm. like, have a bit of respect. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean... But, but let's what, face it's, it. That's a weird thing. I'm not someone who likes to be beaten. That's not a good reason to keep a relationship going. <laughs> well, but this is the thing. So what? You get back together, you win, and then what? You just live unhappily forever? Yeah, at least that like, one that time, though. Like, yeah. come on, just uh, move on. I don't know. Let's face it. Karma's got her. Yeah. She's a massive bitch. Yeah. And Karma's got her. So, yeah. I guess all is right with the world. Fit, sassy, and fabulous. It's weird that she would de- describe herself as sassy. I think what she means by sassy is huge bitch. More like shit, crappy, and nebulous. <laughs> I wish I had tumbleweed to just throw with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put some tumbleweed sound. Did tumbleweed have a sound? Well, I guess like a put... slight brushing sound. Yeah. <laughs> I feel think... like it's not enough, like, it's not significant enough for a podcast. Yeah. Right. Well, well uh, I think we're done with Fit, Sassy and Fabulous. Um, yeah, you are the worst. I hope that, like, none of that goes well. Good on you, old you. gal. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Go on, Doreen. Right. Go on yourself. So for our last problem, uh, again, I've tried to... Alright, so, last problem. Uh, again, bit of a twist. Uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy this one. I kind of picked this especially for you. Good. Okay, I mean, so they're technically all for me. That's true, but like I picked this one knowing that you would enjoy it. So, right, got you know, it. Okay. Give, me, give me a fucking break for a minute, alright? You got it. massive bitch. Right. You should be friends with Fit, Sassy and Fabulous. <sighs> for context, we are in our early 30s. 
One of my oldest and closest friends has always been interested in harmless conspiracies as entertainment. Love like, it already. Like ancient aliens type stuff. No big deal. But this past year, it started to genuinely influence his worldview. As a Bernie supporter from America, as a Bernie supporter, he was disgusted by the way the Democrats actively favoured Clinton in the primary and by Clinton's email scandal. He became extremely anti-Clinton, which I don't take issue with. Yeah. Trump supporter. But it took a conspiratorial turn. Well, not necessarily. You don't like Hillary Clinton either. Clinton body bags. That's for a different podcast. Seth Rich murdered by the Democrats. Podesta worships Satan. The Soros boogeyman. Pizzagate. I thought that maybe anti-Clintonism and general dissatisfaction with Democrats would be the end of it. I could cope with that. But no. He's also now a 9-11 truther. Listens to Alex Jones. And now he thinks the Las Vegas shooting was a false flag attack. I've seen this exact same thing happen to another former friend. What the fuck is in the water around that? Right, I know. I've seen this exact same thing happen to another former friend of mine. That friend also became dissatisfied with liberal politics, swung deep into anarcho-capitalism, and now trusts the word of anonymous posters on 4chan more than any MSM source. It's mainstream media, actually, Mm. so we abbreviate it Mm. in the the Twitter biz. (laughs) I had to cut him out of my life after he called all liberals terrorists. Actually, it was after I gave him the opportunity to provide nuance to this statement that would distinguish me and many of our share friends from ISIS, and he declined. (laughs) What do you think about this situation? What should I do? I know my ideological centre is very liberal, but I can deal with people close to me having a wide variety of political leanings. I can cope with my dad supporting Trump. I don't care that most of my family is religious. I don't feel tense hanging out with conservative and libertarian friends, but I'm finding it hard to hang out with someone who was once my best friend. I don't want him to call me a terrorist like my other friend did. <laughs> I mean, part of me, first off the bat, my advice would be encourage it. Go with it. Yeah. Just become a consp- cons- crazy conspiracy theorist too. But also, it's so frustrating because I love conspiracy theorists. I love them right? too. What's your favourite one? <sighs> Yeah, yeah, like okay. individual or yeah, no, I mean our only, general area you only pick one well a person one, or... no one specific conspiracy theory oh uh... I'll tell you mine so if it'll help you know get the gears uh... going a little bit Paul McCartney died in the 60s was replaced by a fake Paul McCartney oh that's a good one that's very good all the clues are there all of them because at first I did think of Avril Lavigne being dead but I'm like no that's that a decent one um, There's a really good one I saw recently that turned out to be a fake conspiracy and that was Australia didn't exist. Uh, yeah. But I was just someone trolling. Oh, I don't know good. what my fa- favourite is. Oh no, that's really... Oh, I don't know. I can't believe you haven't given that more thought. No, I'm not really one that picks favourites. I just really like it in general. Yeah, you do. Um. Oh, I don't know. Oh no, no, I don't know. I mean, generally I just like... I like conspiracy theories in general. I like people that are like in every situation, every like, every like true crime or like mystery is just always like, wow, oh, it's aliens. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> completely. But oh, this new yeah. type of conspiracy theories, it's like, it's, oh, they've went from that sadly iconic way to just being like awful. And, you know, I feel like the head of that, it's Alex Jones' name, is it? Yeah, Alex Jones. That big... Turn the frogs gay! Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I cannot deal with him. He is the worst. I guess, do you know what I see the difference is? 
So, see when you speak to, like, old school, like, I would say, like, the trad conspiracy theorists, right? You know, they would actually be pretty knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. You know, like, about, like, ancient aliens and about, you know, why these things, like, you know, why there was two shooters and, you know, when JFK died, you know, and all these things. And they actually had quite a lot of evidence to back things up. And it wasn't such craziness. And what, that's what I liked about it a little bit. There was like actually a bit of yeah, because you, you could you could hear an old conspiracy theory, and you could be like, wait, is, no, that's not true. But is it? Is it true? Completely. Put some, I'm going to put some spooky music here in post production. Completely right, but like now it's it, it's so insane. It's just dumb. Yeah. It's like dumb. It's like you know what I was saying on that oh, the last podcast. Like if I if you wrote a character like that in like a book or a film. Yeah. People would be like, "What? This person's too crazy. Like they're too crazy. Like, and it's just what? What's even the point of it? Mm. Like, see, it's like Holocaust deniers. Yeah. Or the pe- the Sandy Hook people. Oh God. Like, I just don't even understand what where they're even getting this information from and what their justification so is. I like, think there is none. What the problem is is conspiracy theories used to be conspiracy theories. It used to be. Just someone like one the CIA day was like, killed JFK, yeah, and like, like something happened. Aliens pulled the and people weren't happy with the explanation, and and they tried to explain it. I don't think they weren't particularly happy with their like you know their economic and like spiritual existence or whatever at that time. So they thought of a funny thing that would be like, yeah, maybe this is true. Sometimes maybe it came from like a paranoid delusion or something that's probably happened in the past as well. But people have got behind it, but now. The the kind of like 2017 brand of conspiracy theories are basically peddled by a particular group of people with a political agenda. Completely. And that's the thing. You look at what this guy's talking about here. Like he's gone from a dude that's talking about like aliens, maybe the Illuminati, and I don't mean like the anti-Semitic Illuminati theories where the whole world's run by Jews. I mean people that were just, you know, oh, like triangles or whatever. Mm. He's gone from like the kind of cute ones, the moon landing was fake, all that good shit. Uh, you know, Paul McCartney got killed in the 60s mm. and he's moved on to basically everything that kind of furthers like a more extreme right wing um, like kind of pseudo-religious conservative agenda which is and I think the reason that it's taken hold now is you can see like a broader movement now in public like in public life across um, partic- the West in particular maybe not like the global south maybe not kind of Asia or whatever but the majority of the West is going through this moment where we're still reeling after the financial crash 2008. Um, most governments are trying to res- resolve that issue by slashing public spending. And our lives have got like measurably worse as a, as a result of them. You know, um, 25% of people in, per- in self-employed now, majority of who are like, you know, Uber drivers and delivery cyclists and things like that. Life is kind of difficult. You know, we, uh, our generation student loan debt up to our eyeballs, can't, can't get a mortgage, all that good shit, you know. And what's happening is people are polarising really politically now. People are, instead of just going kind of centre-right, centre-left, or centre, we're starting to branch out in different directions. And unfortunately, one of the keystones of far-right has always been paranoia and delusion. But you're missing an element here. What's so, that? like, part of it, of conspiracy theories, is like, it's like folklore, in a way. Mm-hmm. And folklore, actually, from, like, you know, the beginning of time, there was an element, a lot of the time, 
that did become oh, originally folklore would be based in fear things that we were all f- scared of yeah and while that's always the case and even a lot sim with a lot of the conspiracy theories it did there was a period even in history when it became very politicalized uh. and you could even consider like things like the witch hunts or you know like any sort of persecution of a certain group mm. using that sort of conspiracy idea or things aren't how things seem has been kind of politic, politicus, politi- politicized, 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 <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, but you're right. It's became so extreme now because that is how the world is. And I guess maybe, maybe I've just been naive my entire life, and the, you know, things like the nine eleven, nine eleven was fake. Moon landing was fake. JFK. These probably are all really deeply political well, conspiracy theories. But part of the the a lot of even like you know, more slightly historical ones, even like JFK and stuff. Part of the reason for a lot of these conspiracies is that we just didn't have the information. You know, like there is a lot of cloak and dagger to a lot of conspiracy theories, especially when it's to do with the American government, because. Back then, they didn't release press, didn't put out press releases, and they didn't feel the need to tell people things. So, people, a lot of the time, there are all these, you know what I mean? The conspiracies come from genuine, genuinely not knowing all the mm. information. Similarly to, like, a lot of, like, conspiracies about, like, mystical things or, like, fantas- like fantastical things like aliens and stuff, come from people not knowing things. It comes from that sort of ignorance. Yeah, it's a way of explaining things. Completely. Kind of like religion. (laughs) But like, obviously now we are much more informed. And of course I'm not saying the American government like like is transparent. Oh god, no. But, you know, we're a a little bit more knowledgeable than we were before. And Mm. so that's why I feel like a lot of these conspiracies are just like making, like the 9-11, like it's some huge... Like, I don't really... To be honest, I'm not even really interested in a lot of these conspiracies because I just think they're so dumb. How can you not be interested in Pizzagate? Pizzagate was really interesting. And I... Oh, actually, that's a lie. I'm really interested in the lizard people. Yes. And, like, part of me just wishes that that's true. But that's the whole, like... But then it's so insane. Illuminati, it's so insane. Zionist, New World Order thing. The, the lizard people. That's all under the same umbrella. Completely. Basically, but, what they're saying is Jews are lizards. Yeah, but... They're, they're, again, like I said, like, it's... It's it's not that irrational mm. to look at like JFK's death and be like, because it is kind of unexplainable. Like one of the bullets would have to pass through one person to get to JFK, and it is kind of like ah. so you could see why a, a conspiracy would be born from that. But like nine eleven, people were saying that the the fuel can't get hot enough to thingy the steel or something. What? You don't think a plane... Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't think a plane crashing into a building would be enough to destroy that? Oh, like, you are you are leaving yourself up for, like, a world of hurt if anyone who believes <sighs> in that shit hears you say that. And you know what? Bring it on, because I don't fucking care. Well... But, like, come on. It's... What are you even talking about? And I guess the sadness of it is... I mean, obviously, the sadness of it is you're completely... Like, you're moving away the 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 kind of sadness of a tragedy. 
you're taken away from like the genuine reality of like thousands of people getting killed because you make it about you being a fucking nutjob well but part of that is like fantasy and like folklore isn't it because you can't deal with what's actually happening and going back to the letter I don't think this guy's friend can deal with what see see the way I brought that back Mm. there that's fucking A1 podcast hosting skills you like that shit yeah people can't deal with happening but this is going back to what I'm saying like I think it's it's a time of great uncertainty and people are resorting to what I'm now going to thank you for your explanation called folklore to justify, just because they want to have something to fucking hold on to. Well, part of it, I, I don't even think it's necessarily just to do with that. I think a lot of it's because they don't want to feel any responsibility on themselves. Like, look at all the shootings, like Sandy Hook, right? But I know that's a big one with conspiracy theories people. Mm. Do not want to take responsibility for well, in part allowing these things to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to acknowledge that there lacks gun laws. I, the, the, I know the guy that, that did Sandy Hook had um, a lot of mental health issues. They don't want to take responsibility for their lack of health care, therefore lack of psychological help that these people can get. You know, and rather than taking responsibility and taking a look at their country and, you know, the garbage that it is they would rather invent these conspiracy theories to to take that responsibility Kind of like a moral escapism. Completely. And so what would you say to someone who had concerns with a friend? Like, I, I mean, I, I'll put my hands up. I've got no fucking clue. I think that I, every time I've spoken to anyone who believes in, like, insane conspiracy theories, the more you deny it, the more adamant they become that it's true. Well, yeah, and like I was saying that to you before, like um, when we were talking about things like, you know, like, oh, we were talking about Scientology. Again, with Scientology. Tom Cruise is going to come for us so hard. I know. Um, It's just because I was watching that show. Leia Remini is the show of Scientology. Um, It's a brave lady. But like, you know, I was saying that, you know, how a lot of people say, well, it's crazy, how do you believe it? But sometimes people telling you over and over again that what you believe in is crazy actually makes your resolve stronger. Mm. So, in a way, how does she deal with him? I guess it's kind of impossible because part of me always thinks, though, see, for someone to believe very strongly and for that, to look, to be looking outside the norm, air quotes, mm-hmm. of you know what, of what the world is, part of me feels like they're looking for something else or they're trying to escape or they're trying to do something like that. So I guess I my advice to her would be rather than criticising what his beliefs are, no matter how fucking mental they are, find out why he's so passionate about believing them. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, why are these people so passionate about these fighting these causes that don't even affect them? Like, what is their, what is their you know, damage about that? They feel like it affects them, though, particularly that, that modern brand. Like, everything he's talked about, it's very, like, deeply political. Yeah, no, because, yeah, totally, right? They, but then it's like, I guess, how, you guess you kind of have to try and make that person, give them a little bit of perspective mm. on the situation, make them see, because I think our first reaction is when someone was to say that, you know, and you do want to say that, like, anytime I hear anyone talk about this fucking bullshit, mm. my first reaction is, you are fucking insane. Yeah. Everything that you're saying is dog shit. Like, I think it's really important not to, like, directly engage them on the specifics of these and argue with them. Part of it is they just enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Like, that kind of, like, you know, she said in the letter that he was on 4chan. Yeah. You know, part of, like, the 4chan world, the troll world, they just like to argue. Yeah. 
And in a way, you're kind of giving them what they want mm-hmm. by doing that. Yeah, so don't argue. Get Plus, to the that arguing of... will just make him... You will just... That will just push, create a distance between the two of you. Mm-hmm. It, you're not going to convince him. Because in a way, when you think something so out there, you are preparing yourself at all times to defend that crazy that opinion. absolutely true. So... By you doing that, you're just going to become an enemy to him. And actually, you're just going to be justifying all his crazy things because everyone is an enemy to him. Because, you know, he's clued in and you're not. Um, And I I guess it is just trying to establish the deeper cause as Mm. to why he feels the need to do that. You know, why you look at a situation and think... And we can all look at many situations as not as how they seem. Because let's face it, there's a lot of things that are bullshit in the world. But peering so much into something that passionately is you know what's the deal there Mm, yeah there's something else behind it that's really good advice my advice (laughs) to him would be your friend watches Alex Jones at Infowars stop being friends with him he's a loser yeah, but then this person's like, oh, I just, you know, I'm happy. Right. Well, cool. Well, you're I not happy because you're, part- you're writing on Reddit that you want to change your friends. So you're not fucking happy well, with part it. Part of me's like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm okay. My dad's a Trump supporter. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, part of me's like, you know, I guess we can't just like cut everyone out of our life if they don't agree with us. But then I'm also like, if someone I knew was a Trump supporter, I'd be like, bye, bitch. My advice, which idealistic or not, is if someone in your life agrees with something that doesn't agrees with something that you strongly disagree with, something that you've got a real problem with, confront them on it, try to win them round once, make them understand that it's a really big issue for you and it's their belief or you, and if they pick the belief, then tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> well, ultimately, I think, what? how can you get on and how can you have a relationship with someone if a hugely significant things that you believe in are like at odds? I can't be friends with the Tory. I'm putting it out there. I cannot be friends with the Tory. Well, it's like, yeah, no, completely. Like, you couldn't see if someone was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm actually a racist. I'd be like, cool, peace out. Yeah, I just, I, I, I I, I just couldn't have a relationship, even if it was like, even if it was like a member of my family or something, I just couldn't be chill with that. But uh, that is quite idealistic and maybe that's why, you know, I guess it's probably isn't a good time to tell you that I think 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) I think that's that's more than enough problems for this week. I am exhausted. Yeah, the, the Harvey me- really did did me oh, in. The mental, the fucking, the mental labour. What's the word? I can't even remember. It's emotional labour. The emotional labour is real. The mental heavy lifting. Yeah, no, totally. The psychological backflips we have done in the last hour and a half. Let Will I get in trouble for telling him to kill himself? What if he actually does kill himself? <gasps> then I'm a witch and then all my dreams would be true. Exactly. So that's fine. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. You already said you were a witch at the start of this podcast. I did. That would oh. be true. That would be fucking proof. Get it up, you bitches. Right, Sabrina, I'm coming for you. Good God in heaven. So we'll be on iTunes soon. Um, we had a slight hiccup putting on to iTunes because we did not tick a profanity filter and apparently we say too many sweary words for iTunes, so... I'm going to resubmit to iTunes and we'll be on there soon. But in the meantime, please continue to listen to us on SoundCloud. And please send us problems. Yes, please send us problems. Uh, If anyone needs the RSS feed address, send us problems. Email, Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Call us, us, call in, just call yeah, in. Just call in, just pick up the phone, just be like, phone director inquiries. Just Write a handwritten okay letter to us. <gasps> in your own blood. <laughs> yes. On that note, bye. That note, love you, bye. <laughs>